Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Food for Thought. A podcast gathers where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, <sighs> identity, oh. c- culture, <laughs> what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for thought. Dead is in the out 100, and the rest of us are back in the closet. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've redacted, truly redacted my homosexuality. It's gone. Truly, oh, uh, I I am mm. by erasing myself. I am by erased. That's right. So how does it how does it feel, Den, to be in the out one hundred? Look at you. Oh, I mean, it's very surreal. It's it's like actually something that it's been a dream of mine for a long time, but I never saw it coming for twenty. It wasn't in my um my 2021 bingo card um but it's it's been a lot of fun and whoever thought that editing a literary journal could make you sort of noteworthy gay famous yeah gay famous gay famous although here's another thing and i was recently asked this question i was like okay now that i'm identifying as a trans woman if i'm still attracted to men then does that make me straight and my answer is that literally I've recently discovered a term on Twitter called trans het. And I was like, I feel both very seen and very attacked. Wow. But for trans het. Trans and, het. And, and, and Fran, baby, I, I would like to report a workplace HR violation because you just stood up and I think I see your I saw your thong. <laughs> I was adjusting my pants. Wow, you peeping Tom. Just kidding. I literally flashed you on the Zoom. And it's okay. Alex, Alex, our HR is is in the background here. I'm sure she'll take notice. Well, this is, I, I've been tubing. It'll be in our, it'll be in my intervention. Alex is the best <laughs> HR person ever. Yeah, Alex is a great HR person in that she doesn't give a fuck and never interacts with any of the violations. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Alex is like, what's a violation? What's HR? Uh, yeah. Yeah, what is HR, truly? Um, uh, can we talk about how the Out 100 used to have, like, so many straight people on it? Oh, yeah. Do you remember, like, in the days of yore, it was, like, every single, like, straight ally, and then, like, um, and then it'd be, like, I don't know, like, a bunch of D-listers. Yeah, they had... You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like vloggers. Yeah, it was, like, any, any straight person who said gay rights that year... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I literally actually have a, I probably shouldn't say this, but I actually, there was one, I was like 23 or 24 and like just starting out in queer media. And the editor in chief of Out emailed me and was like, Do you have any recommendations for this? We're really looking for fresh new faces, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, That's your job. <laughs> also, I'm a child and you're an old man and you're emailing like, a 20-year-old to do your job anyway. It's also, it's, it's also um, those things, and I also feel this way about nominations for literary, big literary things. Um, like, you're coming to a person to ask for nominations from the community, but 
it's also like a little insulting. Like, I, I guess I'm not in yeah. the running. Like, I guess I yeah. I am in the running to do your work. That's exactly <laughs> what I was. I was like, sis, I, I me. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> Hello. I guess I'm not in the running for your prestigious yeah, lit- literary I, award that comes with a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. And, and I'm I'm throwing shade, but the the, out, the people that do out right now are really amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that the covers with Sara Ramirez mm-hmm. and um, the Simone cover replicating the RuPaul cover that was oh, like beautiful. Went beautiful when I was over at out that cover was like a touchstone for everything we did like i brought it up at every meeting and i was like this is like uh, a source of truth i mean and i don't even fucking like rupaul um anyways i am tommy teebs pico indigenous american poet screenwriter tv writer and i have literally nothing else going on in my life besides those things <laughs> i'm joseph osmondson scientist nonfiction writer and my book is now available for pre-sale i repeat my book virology essays for the living the dead and the small things in between is now available for pre-sale by a link at joseph or your local indie bookseller my book it is available for pre-sale my book my book is Never mind. I was going to do the 30 Rock joke. Or you going to say my book, my book is dropping, is dropping. <laughs> yes. my, my book, my book is dropping, is dropping. It's that's dropping, exactly, is dropping. That's exactly what I was, my book is called My Book I is knew, Dropping. I see your brain. I see it's your brain. Dropping. We're ready. We're ready. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, I'm Fran. I'm a writer. I'm an editor. And I also have some shameless promotion. A brand new podcast called Like a Virgin with my friend Rose Domu. If you like this podcast, you like the, that podcast. Um, you can find it on my social media um, because we are not search engine optimized. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you search like a virgin or even like a virgin podcast, you won't find it. So find it on my Yay. Instagram. Who, who are you going to pay for the SEO? Who's going to do the SEO on that one? I know. I know. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. And I'm Den Michelle Norris. I'm a reader, a writer, a former figure skater. And like Teep said earlier, I'm on the Sears Out 100 list. Um, yeah 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 i'm straight now (laughs) (laughs) uh soy proud of you joe do you want to tell us what we're getting up to today yeah our main topic today is trash we're sorry we're we're about to get real 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 like the real housewives of salt lake city real and we are sorry (laughs) we amuse your bushes by swiping left on princess diana and we end by convening a grand jury take it away Mm. yeah Buck, 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 because <laughs> I'm feeling a little peckish. I think we should start the top of the show the way any good time should, with a little tease, our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And uh, to amuse our booshes, I believe Fran has got a game for us today. Mm, that's right. We are bringing back our swipe right, swipe left. Um, I was going to say ooky spooky edition, but it's fully not Halloween anymore. <laughs> but who knows? I'm always feeling ooky spooky. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Y'all know how to play. It's swipe left on things that were like, mm, I don't know about that. And swiping right on things that are like, hmm, maybe I want to have sex with that <laughs> or subscribe to its newsletter or, you know, whatever. Subscribe to its um, newsletter. Those are truly <laughs> the two sexualities right now. Either have sex the two, with. The only two things we do as queer people. Subscribe to the newsletter. Oh. As queer people, we get to choose what newsletters we subscribe to. Um <laughs> Anyways. Okay, swipe right, swipe left. Ooh, let's start out spicy. Kristen Stewart's announced engagement. Have y'all seen that? I have. Kristen Stewart has one of those faces where I've seen her a million times, but I cannot tell you what she looks like. 
Like, I don't know what she looks like. So can you, like, pick, pick her, her out of a lineup? Of a, of, a, of a lineup. I could not pick her out of a lineup. <laughs> Joe, you're, Joe, you're about to make some lesbians very happy. <laughs> okay, so I think you should walk back what you're about to say. I refuse. Okay. I would tweet this. I will die on this uh, hill. You, sh- you should tweet it. I'll retweet you, and then I'll get you doxxed by, by lesbians. I mean, it is Listen, true If I'm going to get doxxed by someone, let it be the lesbian. Um, yeah, let it be the lesbian. Joe basically is one. It is true that when the, the lesbians... Um, when there's a style trend there, it's like pretty much everyone and their mother has it. And so when I saw the pictures of Kay Stu and her betrothed, I too was had a moment to be like, wait, who's who? Um, you are not the only one, Joe. But I chalked it up to the fact that white people all look the same. So that's that's what I was thinking. Um, but no, I swipe right. I'm happy for her. I, you know, remember when she was going to marry Robert Pattinson and we all knew that wasn't going to work out. So, you know, she got her life. When, when you said who's who, I thought you meant who's the top and who's the bottom. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, Den, I think we, we've evolved past that. <laughs> But also, I want to know. <laughs> oh, I have my theories. But we've evolved past that. Um, follow me on Finsta to find out my theories. Ooh, wait, you have a no, Finsta? Not actually. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say. I was like, I'm not on it. You barely. Bar- you barely have Insta. Mama. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Swipe right, swipe left. K. Stu's accent in the Princess Diana biopic Spencer. I. Uh... I mean, she really, the styling is amazing. Mm-hmm. Gowns, beautiful gowns. Gowns, beautiful yeah. gowns. I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, there's just a trailer. There's just a trailer. It comes out, it, it's it's come out, it'll have come out by the time this okay. podcast is okay. released. Um, I have heard really good things. Wow. About her performance. Yeah. Yes. And her accent, however questionable, is not going to be bad. As bad as Lady Gaga in the House of Gucci. <laughs> so Which is giving a little pizza pasta. <laughs> uh, but someone, it's someone me. also tweeted that she's... Counts chocula. Someone also tweeted that she sounds like she's in uh, Fargo. And I also 100% agree with that. Like, <laughs> she sounds like a cartoon vampire yeah. is what she sounds yeah, my like. God. Fargo. <laughs> I'm going to swipe right on Kristen Stewart just because in my mind, the happiest season movie was really a love story between her character and Aubrey Plaza's character. True. I yeah. agree. True. Same. I agree. Swiping right on Aubrey Plaza at all times. <laughs> yes. Always, always, yeah. I'm excited to um, see Spencer. I will say that. I might actually go to the theater for that. Den, you're a big, like, Diana Diana fanatic, right? No. <laughs> I don't know uh, where we got that from. Can it, well, let me tell you, I base that pres- assumption on literally nothing you've ever said. You just kind of act like someone who'd be really into Princess Diana. Wow. You know what I mean? You're kind of right... Generally, mm-hmm. generationally, where you should be, right. yeah. Um, you you have a pretty vast knowledge of things that are generally useless to American culture, <laughs> and like, things I, that white I, women I are obsessed with are usually things I'm obsessed yes, with. Yes, things that white women are obsessed with. It makes yeah, it yeah. makes sense. I just I don't know it. This is the truth. When she died, mm-hmm. um, I was like ten or eleven, and my family would drive all the time, take long trips, and we would go through tunnels. And I think it. Like, I just got scared, and then there was all the rumors about how that... I just, I, like, I, it, it all freaked oh, me God. out as a little kid, and I stayed away, but... So you're I triggered do, by die. I'm, like, I'm triggered by the story, but I'm not gonna lie, I lust after Harry, so there's that. Oh, can what? We, 
We also have to get a shout out to a friend of the pod, Joel Kim Booster, who dressed up as sexy Princess Diana Beanie Baby for Halloween. <laughs> did you all see that? No, I, I did, did not. not see that. <laughs> they were, y'all were all like, no, no, no I, I, did, I, I did not participate. I feel like he had 17 no, different costumes yeah. when I saw three of them I was confused. on the different social medias and they all had abs. Yeah, the gays really, really, really popped off Wait, their costumes. I don't mind the abs. Um, okay, swipe right, swipe left. Australian accent. Swipe right. Oh, I hate it. Swipe right. I hate it. You hate it? I hate it. It's not a turn no. on. It is not for me. Oh, no. I don't know mm. what it is about that accent, but I just find it a little grating. Yeah, there there is a there is a, a start a, a very careful balance because I feel like, you know, British accents are like very sexy to me and would very much so sweep me off my feet, but just like a few degrees over to Australian and I'm like you sound like a kangaroo <laughs> and like a literal cartoon kangaroo and I don't know what to do with you. I'm exactly um, but... the opposite. But again, <laughs> my taste in men is I like them when they feel like they're one degree behind us on the evolutionary scale. And I feel like that's oh what my. Australian men sound ah. like. Wow, we are that's we are going to get canceled for our Australian Zen, racism. Zen, we are racist Zen, against Zen. white Australians. <laughs> I I Australians? I can't do it. I'm not I'm not a fan either. And in fact, like, you know, it's no secret that like the type of porn that I like is like when they talk dirty and tell you they're going to come in your little ass or whatever. And uh, <laughs> when I start a video and if it's an Australian accent, I'm like, this is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I'm going to come nope. in your ass. All right. I, like, <laughs> my penis goes inside of my me, bu- I me, can't mate. do it. It just, I'm no, my brain shuts off. The, the, the one, the one exception to the rules. I did love the TV show. Please like me. Uh, and the accent didn't bother oh, yeah. me there. Yeah, that's yeah, it's very good. Uh, uh, to- uh, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> thinking of Tommy having sex with, with an Australian. I can't. I can't. I just, the Australian like Quark spits it. in his mouth, and and Tommy's like, "Don't do that." And the Australian's like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay, Tom, Tom, Tommy. I can't do an Australian accent." No, go. keep going. You, no, but you trying to do an Australian <laughs> accent, no, is perfection. <laughs> Our number, of, do, wait. Our, our number of listeners down under just tanked. We, we now have negative 50 <laughs> listeners down under. There's a, there's a really good meme account that I can't remember the name of, but it like redoes a lot of book titles as if Nicole Kidman read them. And it's like, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Seuss's or the places you'll go. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, anyways. Okay. Swipe right, swipe left. Remote control sex toys. I like the idea of them. I haven't like I haven't used one, but I like the idea of uh, the person not being in the same room. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're on your side of the city. I'm on mine. You know, we're just not interacting physically at all. It's <laughs> so funny. I'm intrigued by them. I'm intrigued by the idea. Wow, have you ever used one? I, I was just going to say, am I the only person who's ever used one? Uh, yeah, I have one, but I've never. It's never been um, used by another. Person. Yes, in both directions. I will say, I, I bought. Okay, I bought a sex toy off of my porn Twitter. That if you watch the videos for this toy, they're like, uh, 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 like, <laughs> like really, like kind of having like a an exorcism. Yes, and I bought it, and this shit is weak. Uh. Like. Like no. I, I, it's like barely. Wait, wait, wait. It was wait. definitely like these. 
These girls are like gooning Friend, on their Friend, like cam. You're saying there's acting in pornography? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It wasn't even porn. It was like it was kind of okay. I'm really. This is fresh news for y'all. I'm really into cam guys. Mm, mm-hmm. Like I, I love, love, love watching like live, like you know shows mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm, guys mm-hmm, doing stuff mm-hmm. and like and like there is this very popular toy that a lot of the cam guys use that can be controlled by like when you tip mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I do. And they are gooning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have you ever heard that term, gooning? Yes. Mm-hmm. I had never yeah. heard it before. Someone taught it to me recently. But it's, for those that don't know, it's basically like overacting your orgasm for the sake of, I don't know, or I, I, the theater. I feel like a lot of a lot of um, edging people use it when you get to like that place in edging where you're sort of in another world. It really takes right, right, me right. out of it because it's like, mm-hmm. I know, we all know that that's not real. and there, It's real. Gooning can be real. Sometimes I, I find it, okay. I get, but I most often I find it to be a little disingenuous. Wow, maybe you just haven't had the right gooner. Maybe teams. not. But also, also, I really, honestly, I really like it when straight guys have those toys in because they have no control and they're just like so surprised. And I'm just like, ooh, taking away I your power. Also, I'm really into that. I'm into like kind of like heady guys that are like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, okay, swipe right, swipe left. Joseph Osmondson's new book, Virology, of which the cover just debuted. Swipe right. What's going on with oh, this book, teams. Joe? Teams. Swipe all the, ra- the way right. Teams, that's so nice of you. I definitely thought you were going to swipe left. Oh, no. It was... I swipe left on you, but not your creative endeavors. Oh, oh, that's, <laughs> <what I'm laughs> you. that's so sweet of you. It's not a scratch and sniff book. That is all I have to say. That, Thanks, it should John. be, Joe. You should smell. You should just do a little scratch and it, it smells like, you know, your scrotum. <laughs> no one deserves that. The, the, ba- the bathroom. <laughs> it smells like the Food for Thought bathroom on tour. Oh. I also thought it was very, very brave of you to drop an initial draft of the cover into a chat that I am in and ask for I, that is, yeah. that is uh, honestly when have you ever asked me or a group where i am in it for feedback it's, i it's truly i brave. believe in your aesthetic eye oh wow <laughs> thank you well it was already wonderful I, I i had no feedback really well i had one note and 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 i sent the note along and it got incorporated i don't know if you Ooh. noticed i don't know if you noticed but it's I, true i i, I did notice. <laughs> but it, but it looked good but it looked ama- good before and after um swipe right swipe left kim k and Pete Davidson, are y'all? Did y'all read this? There's like rumors that they might be dating, she and like went, Kim went to Staten she went Island to Staten for Island. him. I just like I don't know whether or not to believe it because since when has Kim liked a white man? But um, swipe left on her, swipe right on him, and I too would go to Staten Island for that dick. I think it's a nice, clean, safe, easy rebound for yep. her because yep. I would go. I, I I'm not the only thing I'm going to Staten Island for is good Mm -hmm. dick and i think that is what he's i don't know if they've had sex yet but if i bet they're planning on it and i bet you yeah i i'll swipe right because i recently saw a video of kim k i've never really been endeared to that woman necessarily or i've 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 stayed out of the discourse the kim k discourse um but i saw a video (laughs) of her recently going through a haunted house and it was so delightful (laughs) (laughs) like one of those universal haunted horror nights like maze Mm. walk through things and it was really really entertaining also, Teebs, one time a long time ago, you sent me an amazing poem by Anne Duplan. I believe it's in, I can't remember what magazine it's in, but if you Google Anais or Anne Duplan and Kim K, uh, it's an incredible long poem centered on Kim K uh, and her cultural icon status. 
I would love yeah, to read that. Love that. Recommendation. Yeah. Well, I'm swiping left anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but swipe right on Kim getting good dick. Sure. 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 Yeah. Well, thank y'all for playing. Mm, it's time we got to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And... Oh, God, we just can't do this over Zoom. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Brian, that one sounded good. That one sounded That's really right. good. That was okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. And um, swinging our bratwurst this week, we got Joe. Yes, my, our bratwurst. My bratwurst, our collective not bratwurst. Not, not <laughs> Socialize the bratwurst. First off, we are so happy to all be back together. Yay. Not in the studio, but at least on Zoom. And second of all, <laughs> we're really sorry. We don't normally go this trash. Our show is all about high and low, but today our episode is just pure disgusting trash. But <laughs> since the beginning of the series, all of us thoughts, except for Den, have been absolutely and entirely <laughs> obsessed with the Bravo series, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake. It has everything. Throwing diamonds in the snow, <laughs> FBI arrests on camera, pole dancing, sister wives, beauty labs, Mormons, but not as many as you think, cult <laughs> leaders maybe, a, and a gay tracksuit designer. But seriously, Salt Lake is the only Housewives franchise I can even stand. My partner watches many of the others, and I so I've sit in on, on all the episodes, and I find them insufferable. But all of us here can agree that Salt Lake is just an exceptional viewing experience. We have it been really, texting really each is. other live as we've been watching the episode since the beginning of season one. So to jump off, I want to ask y'all, what is so special about Salt Lake fucking city? I, we, I feel like we have to, you know, say like for the thoughts at home that are like, what the fuck is going on? Why did my favorite podcast become a Real Housewives recap podcast which it hasn't but like first of all, this is our podcast and not yours so fuck off we can do it. However, we want. the group chat has Second become of all, that. Y'all. It really, yeah, exactly. We can do whatever we want. Second of all, it really, like, there, I cannot, the four of us have very, very different kind of cultural digests. Lots of overlap, but, like, very, it's not very often that there's, like, a show that we all want to watch, like, together. You know what I mean? Primarily because Den doesn't watch anything in real time. (laughs) Secondarily... Because this, like, just because, you know, we're all so different. And so, like, I do think that this show deserves our main discussion. (laughs) And I I also think that, you know, if you have not watched the show, like, yes, there will be some spoilers, but you can still enjoy this conversation without having watched the Mm -hmm. show. And if you do watch the show, there will not be spoilers for the episode that came out today. So it'll be all from last week. Um, anyways, they all, so what is it? they all seem to trigger each other in very specific ways. And yeah. I've also found it to be the most, or one of the more interpersonally insightful, like, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. like people with a lot of, a lot of like emotional intelligence, but also a lot of people who have, who seem to have no idea how they're coming off. Um, mm-hmm. maybe that's like a real housewives mainstay but then there's also the culture of salt lake city itself that it centers around and talks about and skirts around that it it's i I think you know for something to be in new york or los angeles or whatever there's we have so many we have so much precedent for that culturally that and and especially for, for reality shows and for reality shows to be in atlanta and reality shows to be in all these places like there are meant there are several iterations of them and Salt Lake, you can't say the same for that. For me, you know, I find most of the housewives um, abhorrent, like truly the 
partners of mine have always watched them as their like mindless TV. So they're, I've seen a lot of them sort of against my will. And what I think is different about the housewives of Salt Lake is there's at least one person who is self-aware, um, reasonable, open to change. And, and she has become kind of, it's, it's Heather mostly, maybe Heather and with the side of Whitney. And Heather essentially has become the de facto, in my mind, the de facto narrator, sort of the de facto person who you go to for kind of like the reasonable take. And she's self-effacing and she's funny and she's really pretty, but in a kind of a different way. Um, and she both she's an ex-Mormon, so she both knows the in-world and the out-world and the way the in-world is kind of messy and messed up. And she's really great with her daughters. And so I think that just having that one or two characters that I can sort of like latch onto uh, has really helped me like enjoy the mess, but also be like, oh, this is a good narrative experience with character development and, and a person who I can place myself into, into their perspective. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. Like I I've watched a lot of real housewives franchises only recently. Most people know that I just started watching housewives in the pandemic and have since then consumed like 26 seasons. Don't tell anybody. We had a lot of time to ourselves, okay? Um, But I I think that Housewives franchises are just like a a very in-depth cultural and sociological study and the strongest argument for understanding wealth as a disease and 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 that these women are truly on another planet as uh, as like a consequence of their wealth and class and privilege and you have you're like how do these women possess such off off kilter like social skills and have such a loose grip on reality and you understand because it's they're in such like a different terrain of class than like the rest of the world like most of them are in the one percent you know um last week when mary melted down because lisa said she had to google a fact but then the fact that she had to google was whether bubbles like seltzer water hardens your ovaries and it's which is obviously not true <laughs> and she's like how dare you doubt what i said about bubbles hardening your ovaries and i just lost it's my it's so mary mind. mary cosby is like a powerful spiritual figure in salt lake like like followed by millions and she literally believes that if you eat raw fish it'll come inside alive inside you inside you, you. Inside you. Like, i don't like, think i what can the eat fuck? things right, okay yeah so so anyways okay so I, I think maybe we could we could um clue dan in into, into like kind of the cast i, I want to maybe go down the line quickly to to help and, and listeners at home this will help you understand it too but like basically so mary cosme who's maybe like the prize gem of the series or at least of season one is like this church cult leader it's a black church but it's a mormon church no 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 no, no 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 it's baptist, baptist. I believe. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a Baptist church. She's leader of a Baptist church. She, as we have mentioned before, married her step grandpa at the will of her mother, her dying mother, to her dying keep grandmother. The church. Her, at the, dying grandmother. Against sorry. the wishes her, of her right, of her mother. Ag- I, right. Against the wishes of her mother, but f- for the wishes of her dying grandmother she, to keep she basically skirted around her mother and was like, yes. I'm keeping the cash. Bitch. She and her mother were fighting for the same man who was the bereaved of the grandmother. Dis- oh, my. So disgusting. Anyway, Den's face. Den's face is like. <laughs> Den, is, Den is truly. And it was, okay. and it was her falling out with her mother that is what triggers her from being questioned in the future. 
She's like every she, every time she gets questioned and no, somebody doesn't believe her opinion, she gets triggered because of her mother. That's what she says anyway. Yeah, there's stuff there. Yeah. There's stuff. Yeah, there's stuff there. And so Mary is kind of like a little bit of a loner outside the group, but maintains a conflict with Jen Shaw, who is easily the villain and one of the worst housewives that any franchise has ever seen. This like woman who probably has some you know, needs like some additional psychiatric help. I know she's been on like meds before. I don't say that in a pejorative way, like I legitimately think she needs like mental health care and is not taking it seriously. Um, But like she, she just can't help but pop off at any given time and on any given person. Yeah. And so she and Mary had a, a, an initial fight in the very first season because Mary said that Jen Shaw smelled like hospital and Jen took offense to that because her like aunt had gotten her leg removed that day I think, and she was at a hospital. Yeah, both legs something. amputated. Is both, like... <laughs> both legs amputated. So that spun out and was a season worth of conflict. <laughs> yeah. um, it, within that, um, Jen Shaw is sparring with most other housewives. We have Heather, who is the center diamond lead girl kind of the Joseph Osmondson of the cast, like really ethical, really moral, like a good, like a good time girl, extremely like loyal, like kind of loves people no matter what, like unconditionally. And then um, Whitney, who's maybe the other kind of like um, protagonist is like this, like, I don't know, hot, smart, like she's bimbo kind yeah, of she's character. Ditzy, but like in a, in a way where she's, she's actually quite powerful in it. It's like, it's like, a, she's very it's, powerful, it's like, very shrewd. It's like a feminist ditzy like femme, uh, femme as power. She also has the most yes. precise, concise atomizations of character that I've ever right. seen in a Housewives franchise, especially as it regards Lisa Barlow. Yeah, she. Re- oh, and so speaking of Lisa, perhaps the true villain because Jen is so like Jen is like a gargoyle of a person, but like Lisa's like true manipulation, evil. Um, I don't know how do we describe. Lisa, probably a Republican, um, loves to say things are amazing or that she loves that. Like, she, oh, I love that. Oh, amazing. Like, oh, like I she's love definitely that. a CEO. Uh, and, and, and she's helping her like boys who are like, I don't know, 14 <laughs> 10 and or 10, yeah. like s- start their own like boy, um, pro- like hair product business for some reason. She's she's making them little baby capitalists. Yes. They're literally 10 and 12 and she's opened up like an LLC or like an escort yes. for them. And like they're selling like, what is it? Hair products, hair products lotions. These, these it's kids teen, are CEOs. It's, it's literally called Teen Wolf. I think Teen Wolf. It's called no no no. It's called something wolf. Fresh wolf. Fresh, fresh, fresh wolf. wolf. Fresh wolf. Yeah, That's way so better. Um, and she also yes. she she was she was a sober. She is a Mormon. She's one of the only Mormons on the show. Uh, yes. And um, and she owned her biggest business was owning a liquor tequila brand. And in season right. one, she didn't drink. But have you all noticed it in season two? She's drinking. Yeah, she's drinking now. Even though. It's not good to drink if you're a Mormon. So, uh, um, which, by the way, Heather is an ex-Mormon. That's important context. She was. Um, she's been kind of scorned from the church for divorce and for by because. I also want to say yeah. with Lisa, who like I like Fran said is I think actually the true villain in the sense 100%. that she knows that she's a being a bad person. I think Jen Shaw is too caught up in her own emotional vibrancy yeah. to like understand yeah. what she's doing in the moment. But like, yeah. Lisa is hypocritical manipulation 
Like that's yeah. all she, she is. Knows. And she's just, and she's, and, and also like the fact that Whitney cracked that safe and knows how to push her buttons and is like, this is what happens when you get, when Lisa is backed against a wall, she'll start to cry. She'll ask for her husband. Then she leaves that. And that's everything that Lisa did. And it's also what yep. she did in the finale of last season. And it's just so yep. satisfying to, for someone who thinks, who really thinks they have it, they have it over on other people to be so clearly read by somebody else is yes. is such a joy. Yeah, I mean, it's, and then go ahead, friend, baby. No, no, you. The way in which Lisa, when she is caught, like caught, 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 like the facts of the matter have come out in front of a group of people. The way she melts down, turns herself into a victim, and gets out of the room as soon as possible, and the way the camera caught her once sobbing, hysterical, leaving the room, and immediately having a normal face as soon as she's out of the room. She like crossed the threshold. Of the doorway, and her face changed immediately, and you're like, ooh, yeah. like, wow. Yeah, wow. Well, that's just White Woman yeah. 101. Yes. <laughs> that's White Woman 101. That's right, Dan. <laughs> and then you have her best friend, Meredith Marks, who is quickly replacing Heather as my favorite housewife in this franchise, um, who has a gay son named, named Brooks what? Marks. No, 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 Fra- Fran. Fran. Oh, right. Sorry, sorry. I should not foreclose on Brooks Marks' identity. He is not out as gay. He's not out as He's gay. figuring right, right, it right. out. Um, He's... Which I don't even think Brooks Marks would say. I think Meredith is trying to create a stronger argument for her son, which I would too if I was her mom but um his mom um but, <laughs> and then mom. Meredith <laughs> sorry I'm I like just outed just outed him twice. um her twice um anyways and then you have um Jenny who's the newest inductee and um is basically just like I mean she's amazing and wonderful and has not really proven herself but she is the Alex De Palma of a hundred percent and that she like is untouchable and like so 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 sturdy and only gets involved if she absolutely has 100%, to hundred percent hundred percent and has the best kids her little her daughter does like science experiments for the whole family every like Saturday morning yeah. and it is so cute can we talk about how Jenny's husband is maybe one of the most the toxic worst house husbands person I've ever I witnessed. was like in my, entire life. my really good friend Becky and I, we text uh, when when she's when I'm watching this and and uh, wow, geez, you cheat on us? Well, you cheat on us? Wow, while yeah, you don't che- you don't text us about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City wow. because like I'll typically be watching it and it's like I don't know ten eleven at night and she's in my time zone and I don't want to cross to the group right, chat right, at three right, in the right, three right, in the morning I'm texts. In, I'm in your time zone. You can loop Becky in. I literally yes. never okay. know if you're actually in my time put, zone or not. You're Becky in the Brooklyn chat every other day. Yeah, yeah, I am. But um, but. You know, Jenny, so this season, you know, she's, Jenny and her husband are, their central conflict is the fact that, like, he wants many more kids that he's not going to take care of. And Jenny is traumatized by having a series of miscarriages throughout her adult life. And, like, he's so horrible that he actually broaches the topic of, well, can we get a sister wife? And yep. doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to be like it's not a joke, and he's not remorseful about it. And she's and he's like, "Yeah, why upset. are you upset? Why are you upset?" And he's so gaslighting. Although yeah. here's what the tea that I got that somebody I guess on TikTok, one of her relatives is saying that that's completely false, and that he's not oh. going to take a sister wife, and that's just like story for the camera. Oh my god! Wow. I mean, I would believe it. They they need the screen time, and it's a very very compelling conflict. It is. And, like, you know what's also really fucked up about it is that, one, one of them, 
like one of the births wasn't even a miscarriage. Like the baby was was fully born and then died. And then the other, another thing is that she has been told by doctors that getting pregnant is endangering to her health and life. And so the husband, despite that is being like, I don't care. I want to have kids. I want to have kids. He's basically being like, I don't care if you die. Yep. I want a kid. He sucks so And again, hard. it's not like he's going to take care of him. He just wants to see evidence of his virility. I don't know. What is that? It's literally, I mean, obviously he's, I think Jenny has assessed that like he's dealing with, he hasn't dealt with the trauma. He doesn't believe in therapy. He hasn't dealt with the trauma of losing yeah. his kid. Um, and so he wants more kids to like kind of make up for that. But I also think he's just, it's the arrogance of like straight, of, of like straight men who are like, oh, I need to see my genetics yes. and my lineage. And like in Mormonism, that's like an even stronger, oh, right. They're not Mormon. They're Catholic, but, yeah. Uh, they're, ca- they're Catholic, but they're subscribing to yeah. Mormon ideals. <laughs> I, one thing about him that drives me crazy is that, like, I think chiropractic, I mean, there's no scientific evidence that chiropractic does anything at all. Some people find it an important part of their life, and I think that's awesome. But it does drive me crazy when chiropractors go around calling themselves doctors all the time. It's like, you did not go to medical school, honey bear. Uh, you're, you're just, like, literally not a doctor. Um, and, and so that's, like, him driving me crazy. But can we talk about the best house husband who is Whitney's husband. They just have such a funny, it's it's like, I feel like it's Den's ideal man. He's a little older. He's kind of like a little bearish, kind of like balding and gray. And they just like, they just like, they have a stripper pole in their house. She's like on the stripper pole for him. There's like a scene of him like slapping her on the ass as she's in like underwear. Like they clearly, they clearly actually adore one another. You know what I mean? And they, it's not that they never have conflict between each other, but there's like a sort of mutual understanding there's playfulness like i adore him i also love he see, he always seems so taken aback by like everything like <laughs> unlike you know jenny and her husband i i think that like um whitney legitimately surprises her husband with what she says on camera <laughs> yeah. and they'll literally be like sitting alone in their house and she'll be like so honey i really want you to fuck me in the ass tomorrow <laughs> exactly. okay you know what i mean like, exactly. and he'll be like uh, they're like so clearly on the same page in their relationship whereas like jenny and her husband it's like are you even reading the same book (laughs) like yeah um but also like where is coach Right. Where's coach? So Jen's He's, husband is um is a football coach at University of Utah, I believe. Like a big school and like football coaches at schools. He's an assistant, but like a first assistant and they make good money. Um, you know, it's a big time job. But he's traveling all over the place. And in season one, there was a huge conflict between Jen and coach about him working so much, essentially, that he had to miss her dad's funeral. And that clearly she's still really upset about him not being there. I, I Goyer's coach, man. I mean, like, it's obvious that I think he's, I don't know. I, I assume that he's very put off by his wife. <laughs> coach, he's, he's too good for her. Yeah. He's a really supportive, kind, understanding, empathetic, like gentle, like he, and he's like wise as fuck. Like he has really good advice. Yeah. Like nine, like every single time she comes to him. And he doesn't, after so last season, coach is also, coach is sober. 
and doesn't drink. Right. And I think, you right. know, Jenny is clearly self-medicating uh, and and at parties and things gets gets like really, really shit faced. And then like like uh, something will happen that upsets her. And she Melts already has down. like a short fuse yeah. already has a very short fuse. But when you get a couple drinks in her, like she threw a drink into a window because Whitney like brought something up to her that she didn't want brought up. And she just like has an absolute fucking drunk Meltdown, she had to be, like, carried out of the party by, like, one of their sons. And even when she's birthday party. And even when she's not drunk, she pops off like that. Like, she, yeah. Meredith was, like, talking to her. No, no, it was it wasn't Meredith. It was, it was manipulative, snaky Lisa. But she was, like, immediately <laughs> just started yelling and was like, how many times do I have to apologize for? And it's like, honey, what do her assistants do, by the way? She has, like, 15 assistants. Seven. She has seven assistants. Fraud, I think, is the answer to that question. They do fraud. They're, they're defrauding they old people. Fraud. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Den. actually, actually. I have a question. Okay, okay, okay. Two things. One, so there's a Jenny and a Jen. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And two, maybe this is what you're going to. Isn't there someone who, like, has committed a, a big crime and maybe is going to go to jail or something? But it's Next not week, Teresa Giudice from New Jersey because that's really old news. Is that this one? Fran, you want, or Fran, is that a fill us in, Fran. Fill us in. The, I actually don't know a lot of the details, but what I do know is that the episode that comes out today, Andy Cohen has said, is one of the greatest episodes of Housewives he's ever watched in his entire life. And so, and I we haven't watched it yet, but it, it, it has a lot to do with the fact that she is embroiled in a federal scam and that the FBI showed up. During filming. To, during filming. And like all their faces are blurred. Like it, it's so, it's real. And, and Jen, Jen Shaw flees the scene knowing that the FBI are coming. And you know so what's, she, what's hilarious about it is like, you know, um, Andy, you can tell in his voiceover is going to ask the question like, you know, who tipped off the feds? And they're all like, mm. but it's like they have call sheets for shows like this. They knew where they yeah. were. <laughs> Nobody tipped. Yeah. Not yeah. one of the housewives didn't. Mary Cosby didn't tip off the feds. You know what I mean? <laughs> can you imagine the FBI picking up a call from Mary Cosby? <laughs> I do think that it may come to light, though, that Meredith did have something to do with the ex with the expose exposing of the fraud. Wow! I, I think I think that it's being implied that Meredith has something to do with it, which I again ascending to my favorite house. In, in the, okay, we have to talk about. Oh, sorry. In, in the trailer, that's the that's the premise of the trailer is that it comes right. out that like Meredith had somehow told the FBI that the fraud was happening, and the fraud, by the way, is really quite ugly. Je you know, Jen, their housewife, they all are wealthy, but Mary and Jen in particular live this lavish lifestyle where they have like. A, a room in their home just for their like $20,000 bags and another room in their home just for their like shoes. And then they have like six cars and it's a Porsche and a Maserati. And like Mary Cosby has like nine homes, Disgusting. you know, a penthouse in New York that they never go to and a house in Florida that they, you know, and Mary Cosby is getting this money ostensibly from her church, which is, you know, working class people. And then Jen is, uh, you know, allegedly um, ran a, a a, a, a scam um, defrauding old people out of their like small, tiny amount of money that they need to live on a fixed income. And, yeah. you know, it's like, cause the show begs the question, like with these, with these women in particular, where are they getting the money to have seven assistants and all of these homes and it's just like a lifestyle that is beyond, I mean, beyond built on corruption. I mean, that's just like, 
uh, when I said earlier, like understanding housewives as like a, a masterclass in like wealth as a disease, like in, in season one during the reunion, like Mary, like Andy asks her like a really softball question about being married to her step grandpa. And is that weird? And like you've expressed that you have marriage problems or whatever. And in trying to defend the relationship she has with her step grandpa, which she only did so that she could inherit inordinate amount of wealth. She goes, he's just he's so he's so good to me he he buys me so many bags yeah so many bags like uh, the bags like but the, the bags are so nice and it's like you again i was like you're entrapped like you are a prisoner in your home and in your life and you you sold your soul for bags that you keep it in in giant homes in your room that, that, that will never see the light of day it's it's dark sick. it's dark it's it's dark it's dark is yeah what it is. that's exactly well, i think right. one of the more promising uh capitalist undertones comes with heather because she has clearly taken advantage of mormon vanity and their whole thing about like ascending into heaven in the body you die in so she's created this empire of like like botox and fillers and like all of these skin treatments because all these mormon women are absolutely going apeshit over it yeah genius um i can i ask another question Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yes. Is yes. Mary Cosby's church a mega church? Mm-mm. It's not a mega church, but it's very it's a very big congregation. Okay. Huh. Is it a chain of churches? Question mark. I for some reason it's sticking in my head that there maybe are three. Yeah. Okay. I think there are multiple. That makes sure. My favorite me. moment season two was when Mary Cosby visits Whitney and she recounts or her like a car accident. She's like, the, she's like, oh, I just came from this. My, the, the daughter of one of my, my one of the people in my congregation, she's in this car accident. She flew off the thing and went landed into a house. And then Whitney's daughter was like, was she okay? And she's like, no, she died. <laughs> like so nonchalant. <laughs> Like, so then, nonchalant. And I was like, you have no social skills whatsoever. Yeah. How are you a leader of people? That <laughs> is when she's literally like, on her show. How are you guys doing? What's, what's going on with you? Yeah, no, like, she died. How yeah, are you? immediately changes the subject. <laughs> she says that, she, that the congregation member flew 30 feet and landed on a freeway. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what? It's very give, it's giving um, Erica Jane being like, well, I we went to Tom's house and the car rolled over nine times and then we have to go. Have you seen that? Meme? No. Oh, okay. It's another housewives thing. We won't get into it. Um, okay. I feel like we would be remiss if not to talk about um, Brooks Marks mm-hmm. and the, co- the one of the central conflicts. Now that the FBI are involved, that's going to change. But one of the central conflicts is around the fact that Jen Shaw called Brooks basically has been cyberbullying Meredith's like. Uh, what twenty year old son? Twenty two, maybe something, like, something that. like that. Yeah, young twenties. He's like a ba- he's he's a baby. He's kind of an adult, but he's still he shouldn't be picked on by like a fifty year old woman. Yeah, but yeah. It, I also get the sense that like there, sh- I, I don't get the sense that Jen is actually completely in charge of her social media. She's like, oh, I'll have my team look at it. So I think maybe people on her team are like retweeting or liking things, but like. You know, I'm sure they don't make decisions without her getting okayed. No. 
Yeah. No, I mean, no I, I can absolutely 100%. Like, if you are, like, she if she doesn't really have a job and she has seven assistants, I actually believe that she was the person bored, lonely, with 17 glasses of wine, being like, like the tweet that calls him a dumb twink. You know what I mean? I, I picture it 100% being her pushing that button. So Because why would, why would anyone on her team care or name search Brooks Marks? You know what I mean? It just, it doesn't make sense to me uh, uh, to be anyone but her and if she doesn't remember it's probably because she was blackout drunk (laughs) yeah exactly Exactly. it's it's crazy because like i yeah i don't i don't even like brooks marks you know what i mean like i he is giving to me like very like i go to a i'm gonna go to a really nice school i'm gonna be the richest person in the classroom but i'm still gonna like ride off of like being gay and how that makes me marginalized like i get like bad vibes from him however I am still team Meredith and Brooks and like, like, I, I hate that I want to defend them. Fran, we like know, we know you own a tracksuit. We know you own a Brooks I... Marks tracksuit, black on black with Brooks Marks <laughs> embroidered down your arm. We know you do. Go put it on. Just, just another baby capitalist from this show is that, bro- they, that uh, Meredith has paid for the fashion career of Brooks Marks and like paid for an entire fashion show for him to create these tracksuits that all look exactly the same. And literally, he has still made nothing except the tracksuits. And the tracksuits are still available for purchase. And I'm sure he's they're sound like hotcakes, yeah. Joe. I'm going to get you one for your birthday. <laughs> no, no. This oh has God. She by Sheree vibes written all over it. Have y'all any had any sex with any... Um, Mormons? Ex-Mormons? I had a... There were a lot of Mormons in my hometown in Washington, rural Washington. Oh, wow. Uh, and the first person I liked... Um, I, I Actually, the first person I probably had a mutual crush on, maybe we're talking like ninth grade, we were in band together, kind of nerdy. She was really sm- funny, um, smart, and kind of self-effacing, huge crush. And and we, I could tell she liked me. And I went over to her house one time, and she was like... She literally was like, I really like you, but my parents told me I can't date someone who's not a Mormon. Oh, that's really sad. That's star-crossed right yeah, there. Yeah, I, I, it was like a, it was like set up to be a Romeo and Juliet situation. I don't think I don't think I've knowingly had sex with a Mormon, but I've had you know fuck around with people you don't know anything about them. <laughs> they, maybe they were. I don't know. <laughs> Teams is not out here asking questions. It's, what can you imagine? Teams on the first date, and what is your religious background? Dan, mm-hmm. <laughs> you seem like someone who's had sex with a closeted Mormon. Um, I have not had sex with a closeted Mormon. I've had um, relations with many a closeted Baptist, um, but no Mormons. But when I was a freshman in college, the violinist in my string quartet was a Mormon who has since left the church. Oh. And we're still friends. She's great. I I had a long internet romance with an ex-Mormon in my early 20s and I went and visited him in Salt Lake and let me tell you ex-Mormons have a lot of religious trauma and therefore mm. great <laughs> great happy to work it out great also, sure. incre- everyone says that Salt Lake is a great gay city it has a really good counterculture like mm-hmm. I was there during Pride and like their Pride like infrastructure is so huge it's like bigger than a lot of other like bigger cities that I've been to and like I think that there are a lot of people that hate Mormonism that live and thrive in queer subculture in Salt Lake. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would recommend visiting there <laughs> um, because, like, the Mormon building is, like, high key looks like the Ministry of Magic. Like, it's so scary. Like, and no building can be higher, like, than the, than the, the, the church building. 
Yeah, that like they they can't be like literally like physically higher because it has to be like superior. I will say just to round out the discussion and how it's also a show about Salt Lake. One of the things I love about the show is, I mean, Salt Lake. I've I've um I actually have been there as well, um as like a landing place to go do some nature things in like the Four Corners area of like New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, and I can't remember the fourth of the four, Colorado. Um, the nature is fucking beautiful. Like it is just. A beautiful, beautiful mountain city and the show makes them do all these outdoorsy things which some of them love but then like mary cosby ha- is like why and it's like it is it's such a housewives convention that like oh we're going on an excursion and we have to invite everyone they're like oh you know and mary is like uh, doesn't want to go but is clearly contractually obligated to yeah, go yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. she's not allowed to say i'm only going because i'm contractually obligated she's like oh next time i won't go it's like we know why you're there we know why all of you are there. I don't have as, um, as much Real Housewives experience as you, Fran, so correct me if I'm wrong, but this seems to be also like the franchise with the most, that they're most transparently only together in duos because the show makes them. Like, Mary Cosby's not going over to Whitney's. Heather is not going <laughs> over to Meredith's. They obviously, that was in the call sheet and they had to go do it to get their check. But I yeah. don't see many of them organically being in the same space together. So I've read a lot of background about The Housewives, and honestly, I'm getting to the point where I might need to read a book about it because production of this show actually really does fascinate me. But the way that people film scenes together are actually pretty mutual. Like sometimes it'll be suggested by production because they want to build out a certain Mm -hmm. storyline. But most of the time, the women will reach out to each other and they'll be like, do you want to do a scene together for X, Y, and Z reasons? And they kind of plan ahead. And actually, not all the women are required to go on the group trips. And a lot of them do. um, Oh, uh, and a lot of them do like just kind of like bow out. Um, So it, it, it kind of depends. It can be a push and pull and sometimes production will pressure you to go in, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, we could talk about this for ages, I, I know. I have very one uh, one quick counterpoint to that, Fran, as I was once um, fucking uh, a guy who was a producer on Real Housewives of Alex, Please Beep the City. Um, Give he, him my number. Um, and and would, would go to these shoots, and they very much script. It's like, we got these two women together because we want this storyline to go forward. Yeah. And if they don't say the thing that you're looking for, they will retake. And, they reshoot. And the producer will be like, I need you to say this, this, and that to produ- yeah. to, to move forward the story the storyline. So it's definitely semi scripted uh you send in my number i'm not joking you just you send in my instagram we'll we'll we'll, you know we'll 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 dm after this show all right all right all right that's it that's we gotta end there Mm, i'm feeling full but like i could fit one more thing inside of me den knows how i feel Mm. and uh what's the cherry on our top this week um, this week we are going down a quick little cute little impeachment wormhole because Woo! as we know, I am generally not one to watch a show as it's airing, but in fact, there are several that I'm doing that with right now, and one of them is impeachment. And I am obsessed. So I have always been a fan of this series, the Ryan Murphy's um, American Crime Story like anthology. I loved the O.J. Simpson one. Um, I loved Gianni Versace one. But this one so far has been my favorite. And it's my favorite because um, I'm realizing how much I didn't know about it when it was happening because I was so young. And at the same time... I'm also realizing, like, I sort of thought of this thing that happened as as this, like, like 
actors were acting in the way that they were acting, and by actors I mean like the real people, but they that they weren't maybe aware of the systems in place. Like I'm always thinking that like when we talk about systems that it's like kind of a new conversation because at different points it's been new to me. But um, it's so clear that it's that that that's not the case um, in this situation. That it was so complicated and that people knew exactly what they were doing. So I'm just obsessed. I'm super intrigued. Um, I think the performances are amazing. The writing I feel like starts a little slow, but then it really picks up as you go on. And um, yeah, I'm curious to hear um, if y'all are up on impeachment and who's watching it, and if you have thoughts. I'm watching. I think it's amazing i i caught up last night actually and um i mean all the performances are so good i don't really love the casting of edie falco as She's hillary okay, clinton me neither. i also She's don't. the only one i i would be very like for her like to do her own thing and be like i'm not gonna do a hillary impression i'm gonna do my own thing but like the Bill Clinton impression is so spot on. The voice, and like the, my the, the, Linda Tripp, the Linda Tripp impression is so spot yeah. on. Monica is so like transcendent. And so like for Hillary to kind of be like not like Hillary is like a little distracting, but still enjoyable. Um, I, I, I love the show. I am going to be listening to like the Slow Burn podcast about the Monica Lewinsky scandal, yeah. the You're Wrong About podcast that deep dives into it. Um, Vulture has these amazing fact checker articles for each episode where they're like, these things actually happen. And nine times out of 10, the things in the show actually happened. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'm, so accurate. Go ahead. TV. I was going to say, I, I haven't seen the show, but I love you're wrong about. <laughs> mm. It's so good. I, you know, I, I was, I'm the oldest thought on the podcast. I have pretty good memory of, of this era. Um, mm. I definitely remember, um, I remember the cigars thing coming out. I remember the details. I remember uh, that depends on what the definition of is, is. Um, but I, you know, I didn't sort of what has been it. I think it's actually th- this information is good political education for those of us who maybe don't remember the details. A lot of the people, Ken Starr is still a player in Washington. It has a young Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. It has, um, yeah. it has a um, young Ann Coulter the- and a young Ann Coulter. Um, and George those Conway are the Ann Coulter impression and the Brett Kavanaugh. Extraordinary. Ex- Best acting Kobe the- Smulders has ever done. Best acting Except she for- will ever do. Except for the Hillary Clinton, the voices in particular, you sound like you're listening to the person with everybody else. But I think, you know, the the notion of uh, we are in a time of democracy under attack and and a, a very fashy, like a fascist attack on democracy through the Trump era. And I do think, you know, Bill Clinton is was not a good president for working people, uh, for poor people. Uh, he did a lot of harm. At the same time, you know, the, dem- the the attack on democracy that was the star impeachment um, is, is important to remember that these Republican forces have been anti-democratic and attacking even a moderate Democrat's ability to govern since at least, you know, we're talking back to Clinton, back to Reagan, all the way back to Nixon, right? Nixon was impeached for the same type of shit. Like, they are an anti-democratic party. And I think the more specificities and the more historical context we have for that, bringing into our current moment of attacks on democracy, I think that's really important and useful context. And it certainly reminds us who the fuck our enemies are. You know, we knew that Brett Kavanaugh was a fucking enemy, but like, look, look at the historical context for how the Republican Party grooms these people for these positions of power by like decades of attacks on the democratic process. Um, So it's been angering to watch. Um, You know, I'm 
really angry on behalf of Monica Lewinsky. Um, she was treated horribly. She, I loved her lawyer that she had from her family that was just yeah, fucking with the so government. Amazing. And it sort of shows you that even the lawyers that they hired after, kind of the way Washington works is even the people who are you defending you or on your side are very much in cahoots with the other side. So like they made this deal for Monica that put, that like they were never going to prosecute her for a dumb false affidavit in a dumb, you know, uh, sexual harassment civil suit. But they were dangling that over her and threatening her and until she went through this process where she had under oath to testify over and over again about like the the shit that you do when you're 22. And it's just it has changed her life irrevocably for the worse. And I, I feel horrible. I, I feel hor- I, horrible for her. As a person on the like, I, I'm not that much. You're not that much older than me. So I also remember when this went down and for a very young child, 22, 23, 24 sounded so grown. And now on this side of thing, like that, that, yeah, that's a baby. I think that like the, the, Bill Clinton has gotten like a full like redemption arc in like the cultural memory of this country. And so I'm glad that there's more nuance to like how vile and insidious he actually was. And also I think that this companion it honestly with like things like the free Britney movement and like the, the, the flowers we're giving to Janet Jackson now are like a really good cult evaluation of how we as a culture treat women as we digest them through tabloids and through now, you know, social media, like we should all be thinking about, like our complicity and our place in what we say about what happens to people publicly. Yeah, J- you know? I mean, Jay Leno, Jay Leno is a fucking villain. Like yeah, those, yeah, those late night people participated in the bullying Absolutely. of a 22 year old. And and, and and this is us talking about the survivors, you know, for every yeah. Britney, there's an Amy Winehouse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say that. Say that. I mean, the patriarchy depends on and is addicted to, um, sensationalizing the downfall of a woman. That's that's like that's the lens that we have to look at so many of these stories through now. And that applies to so many women. And not every woman falls as hard as Amy Winehouse or even as Monica Lewinsky. But like that's one of the things that this economy like runs on and that our political system runs on as well. So the idea that like we're just sort of now able to put language on it and like reframe these things that happened when when we were young and that have happened in the past is like really exciting but it's also like a reminder that it's nowhere near enough um and and that's just a reminder that we have to constantly like like keep in the forefront of our minds yeah and the discourse at the time was a hundred percent like well he's a man men are dogs they're gonna try to get yeah, they're going to have sex in their office. That's just how men, powerful men are, you know? And that's why Monica was, people were able to harass and demean her for so long. And the analysis was absolutely not. This is a very powerful, much older man taking advantage of an employee. Um, and, and you know, we need to put the derision on his behavior and, and not on hers. So I think that analysis of power is just something we need to always be reintroducing into the discourse because patriarchy erases that from the discourse. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at Stitcher. Our producer mm. is Alexandra DePalma. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on Instagram because I deleted Twitter. 
I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me and pre-order my motherfucking book, Virology, Essays for the Living, the Dead, and the Small Things in Between at my website, www.josephosmondson.com. I'm Fran. Um, you can find me at Fran Squish Co. on all social media. And on my social media, you can subscribe to my new podcast, Like a Virgin with Rose Donu. Get into it, girls. Mm. And I'm Den Michelle Norse, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Den Michelle, where I'm linking to Electric Literature, where we're doing our end of year fundraising campaign. So give to us so that I can eat and we can continue to provide amazing literary resources. Yay! Find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T A O T. Not bad. Not bad. 